Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Sunflower Spreads podcast. I am your co-host, Garrett Chad, and with me as always is... Garrett Winkler. How are you going, Chad? Well, I am, uh, I am, uh, I am okay, you good. know. A couple of tough losses this weekend uh, regarding my personal teams, but we'll get into that in a little bit. How are you? I'm all right. KC was on a bye, so I didn't really have anything passionate I rooted for, but, you know. Uh, the Chiefs, you know, you know how that went. We can yeah. write that down. We can go ahead and move into that. How much of the game did you watch? You watched the entire game? I did watch the entire game. I watched it with my family, so it was just kind of like one of those off and on things. So I wasn't like too invested into it just because I kind of had a feeling going in that the Chiefs were going to lose. But they played really well. According, like To my expectations, they played really well. I really thought the Bills were just going to come in there and throw the Chiefs around. But the Chiefs kind of – they got out to an early lead, and I don't know. They just – I feel like they squandered some possessions, but I feel like the Bills did also. So Yeah. No, I thought it was a pretty evenly matched game, despite some injuries to the Chiefs. Or, uh, well, not just injuries, but some key missing players for the Chiefs' defense, especially. Who's all missing? Uh, I didn't... Willie Gay is still suspended. Um, Why did he get suspended? He broke a vacuum cleaner. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, there's more to it, but we don't need to get it. Uh, Xavier... Uh, McDuffie is out, our first-round pick, uh, our corner. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, we had to start two rookie corners today that weren't first-round picks. Got torched. Got torched a couple times, but I don't know. know, I I kind of expected that the Chiefs may lose this game going into it just because, you know, the Bills are a very good football team. But at the same time, I'm not really angry about the loss just because of that. And, you know, the Bills are technically probably the better team. You know, we're not all the way healthy right now, but um, the fact that we still had a chance to win that game and we, you know, like you said, we squandered some opportunities, but but it's okay. You know, I think, to me, the Bills can have all the regular season wins that they want, um, but they got to, I mean, they still have to beat us in the playoffs. You <laughs> might have to go to Buffalo. That's the only thing. fine. You know what? I trust, you know what? Let's go Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Jets. Beat those Bills. Right. Zach Wilson should should do something with Josh Allen's mom. So do you – um, so going into any game, do, would you rather have Josh Allen down by four going against the Chiefs with one minute left, or would you rather have Mahomes down four with one minute left? Well – I, based on the defenses, I would rather probably have Josh Allen, just because of the defensive matchup. And against any other team, and any other quarterback, and any other defense, giving Mahomes. But our defense is just, you know, I don't trust our defense in that situation. Yeah. To be honest, so, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. So I, that that last possession was pretty bad. Uh. The Bills scored and Mahomes two plays interception. I I was a little upset with that. Um, I think there's no one you can really blame but Mahomes for this one, uh, in my opinion. Obviously, like he played great, like he played fine. It's just that I really felt like we're paying him how much money, and <laughs> that's the result. <laughs> you, I don't know. You I, get I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I don't really think you can blame anyone. No, I mean, and I, yeah, it's and, a hard task anyway. It, like, yeah. the, this is the problem with the Chiefs. What are our expectations? Is it Super Bowl contention? Is yeah, it, well, it's always Super Bowl contention. 
But you get my point, is that um, the Chiefs really need... I, I feel like the fan base, after the first Super Bowl, their expectations were dynasty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something similar to the Patriots. And the Chiefs have come nothing close to that, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, they, they contend for the AFC title every year. Like, if anything, they're an AFC dynasty. But I just feel like they haven't taken that next step to step towards the Patriots dynasty. Well, and here's what I'll counter that with. Is that if you really look at it, yeah, so the Patriots were always, I mean, in that time, one of, if not the team to beat, especially in the AFC. But if you look at how their Super Bowls are spread out, it's not like they're constantly going in and just winning Super Bowls every year. You know, there's a few years between most of their Super Bowls, and they lost a few times in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl on the way. So, Patriots won me, three and four, I believe. Well, outside. Is that, well, I need to look at the numbers. Yeah, I do too. I, I don't have that pull out. I think it was yeah. like 01, 02, and like 04, something like that. Yeah, well. I could be wrong about that, but um, they won a couple back to back to back. Then they took a couple years off and then won a couple more within a span. And then, you know. Yeah. Stacked well, them I, from there. I think as far as, I mean, we've ho- the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes have hosted four straight AFC championship games. And they lost one to Brady and the Patriots. Couple questionable calls in that game and a very slow start for the Chiefs. Maybe that one goes different if they start out different. Uh, then, of course, we go to Super Bowl two years in a row. And last year, uh, I mean, we beat ourselves against the Bengals. So, yeah, and that was a I think one. we probably beat the Rams in the Super Bowl if we do end up going to the Super Bowl. But uh, we don't. So, I mean, we're here talking about it now. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. We'll get. Uh, we're not going to talk about the Chiefs anymore. You know, they lost. It was a game that they probably should were projected. I mean, they were projected to lose that game. Yeah. The spread was what? Three it and was a half? Uh, two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. It was, it was close. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Can't really dwell on it. Got to move on. Uh, do you know who the Chiefs play next week? Forty Niners. Forty Niners. I'll be fun. All right. So we'll go ahead and move into our weekly recap from the previous week NCAA college football picks. You ready to go, Chad? I am. All right, I'll lead us off. All right, we have the records from last week. I went five and five. Chad went another five and five. That brings my record total to fourteen and ten. Chad is twelve and twelve, and even five hundred. Thoughts on your record, Chad? <laughs> you know, um, I mean, it's not terrible. No, it's you not. Know? It's not. I mean. Pretty much batting 500 here. Yeah. You'll take that. And, uh, you know, uh, you mentioned this off the pod, but we do have better records than everyone on the Barstool Pick'em. So, oh, way to call them out. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, they're definitely <laughs> That was at least of last week. I don't know how they did this okay, week. Okay, yeah. You know, they bet, like, 20 games. Yeah. So I don't know how they did this past week. But um, I do know, going into last week, the leader was Dave Portnoy, and he went 97, or he was at 90, or 49% or something like that. Yeah. So. so we'll take that, you know. So come to us for all your needs. <laughs> all right, we'll go ahead and start off the game. We're going in the game that everyone's talking about first, UCF winning 70-13 to 13 over Temple. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've heard, I've heard lots of people talk about no, this No, no, but we're just going in order. Uh, <laughs> but UCF beating 70-13 to Temple. Uh, beating Temple 70-13. Any thoughts on it? I mean, Temple is just a, a very bad football team. UCF looked great in those space unis and out on the field. Um, I mean, yeah, UCF, they're a 
Very good football team. I'm gonna start betting on UCF more. Um, I I really like uh, UCF. Uh, Gus Malzone is actually, I think, surprising people with how good the team is. Yeah. Their first couple of games, they just kind of ran the ball every time. They're finally opening up the pass game, which is good. So I'd really like to see how UCF goes throughout the season. I don't have their schedule pulled up, so I apologize. I don't know who they play next week, but we'll for sure cover that in our next episode. Um, any last thoughts on them, or I'm gonna move on. No, not really. I mean, it was just a good old classic bludgeoning. All right. West Virginia wins over Baylor 43-40. to We both had Baylor, so we lost this one. Thoughts on Baylor, West Virginia? Baylor, Baylor, Baylor. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I, I mean, it's just both of these teams are just very mid, very average. Nothing really stands out to me about either of them. Um... I mean, Baylor and Kansas are playing next week, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't really have any super in-depth analysis for either of these teams. I, JT Daniels won the quarterback battle, as I think we both predicted yeah. would happen. Um, but Baylor, man, you, you just don't look good right now. Uh, getting pretty beat pretty bad at home against Oklahoma State, and then coming out and losing to West Virginia – I mean, and I didn't know this before the game, actually. Uh, Baylor's now, I believe, 0-7 in yep. Morgantown. Yep. If I'd have known that stat, I would have taken... I think I would have as well. But um, that's on us for not doing enough research yeah, in this pod. Yeah, our bad guys. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... What really turned the tide in this game was the blocked extra point. Did you see that? I did not. So, Baylor scored. Um, they went up 37-31. to 31. Okay. Um, they went for, you know, one, just an extra point. It got blocked and returned for a safety. <laughs> and they, they, of course, then West Virginia gets a field goal after that. It's 37, or wait, sorry. Yeah, 30. That wouldn't make oh, sense. Oh, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Sorry. So, blo- blocked extra point, 33-37. Then West Virginia scores a touchdown, 40-37. to Baylor ties it, 40-40. And then West Virginia kicks the game-winning field goal. So they don't get that, then Baylor wins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously it's just like you know hindsight's fifty fifty, but um, or twenty twenty, but you know it just that that's really what, what really kind of turned the game around. I saw the replay of that and I was like, oh my goodness, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> so <laughs> that that stunk. But um, yeah, West Virginia's quarterback JT Daniels had a day. Um, yeah, just. Baylor's passing game is just not there. Yeah. It's not what it used to be. I guess everyone just kind of assumed that Baylor's just going to be able to throw the ball automatically, and they, they can't. Um, Shaper did have two touchdown passes. Yeah, two touchdown passes, so it wasn't bad. It's just it's not what Baylor's used to be. I mean, yeah. we saw that with BYU. They just ran the ball every play in overtime. That's just weak. Like, I understand it's tough man football, but, like, it's, <laughs> it's not Baylor. <laughs> So, yeah, that stinks, but, you know, what can you do? Baylor's playing KU next week. We'll get into that when we talk about KU. Um, any last thoughts on Baylor, Chad? Nah, just, just disappointing. I'm going to stay away from <laughs> betting Baylor for a while. <laughs> um, all right, we'll move on. I did want to kind of throw this game in. Uh, Navy covers in the final seconds, 34-40 to 40 in SMU. They lost, but they covered in the final nine seconds of the game. You got to respect not quitting. Yeah. Big shouts out to the midshipmen for that that late cover. 
Uh, I know our account tweeted out, uh, never bet on the midshipment or a service academy. A service academy. And then they end up covering. <laughs> well, you know, the same could be said for the Air Force game. We'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, but, uh, you know, I mean. Service academy is just so weird to bet. It's, it's so it's, weird. It's a mixed bag. Because we turned that sure. game off when they went down, like, what? It was. Um, 16 or something? Yeah, like it was 40 to, like, 21, yeah, I think. It was not a good one. <laughs> in look. the fourth quarter, so. <laughs> we turned it off, and then uh, Navy ended up covering in the final nine seconds. Cost some guy $379,000. He had a $130,000 bet on SMU to cover, and <laughs> it did not happen. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I'm not putting that amount of no, money. No, I'm not on, I'm not either. On I an just, SMU always, Navy game. <laughs> yeah. Make sure to bet responsibly, but I just wanted to point that out that there was some guy that that screwed over. Royally. But you know, I mean, I guess but if you have the money, go for it. <laughs> Whatever. It helped me. I had Navy, so that, that was a nice cover. I didn't. We didn't talk about that on the pod last week, so it doesn't count towards our totals, but um, I just wanted to bring that up. All right, Michigan routes 41-17 Penn State. Oh, those Michigan Wolverines, man, they're, uh, you know, we've said it for a couple weeks now. We don't know if they're actually good or not, but I can wholeheartedly say that Michigan's a very good football team. So <laughs> I am not sold on Michigan yet. Um, really? I think that they will win all the games they're supposed to win. They'll get to Ohio State undefeated. But I don't think they're going to do anything to Ohio State. Well, I mean, that doesn't make them not a good football team. Oh, no, I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying Michigan's expectations are national titles. I don't think they're a college football playoff. Can, I, I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to. Oh, their, yeah, their expectation is playoff. So I don't I, think they're going to make it, though. I'm just saying I'm not sold on Michigan to be contenders to the Ohio State. I still think Ohio State will shut down that run, no problem. And they will win like a 41 to 24 game against. Uh, like Michigan, yeah. I think I don't think Michigan can keep up with the likes of Ohio State, even Alabama for that matter. Oh no, 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 they cannot. Dare I say Tennessee? Yes, dare yeah. you say Tennessee? Yeah, I, I, I don't think Michigan could keep up with like a Tennessee or something. Like yeah, that. like I understand they can run the ball really well. Crom's amazing, but um, when you get up into like SEC, you know what I mean? The yeah. George, it, like. Put Michigan up against Georgia. How many yards are they running for against Georgia? I don't know, but we saw Georgia against Oregon in week one. And, uh, yeah. you know, we all know how that went. Yeah, so I'm not sold on Michigan. Do you have any rebuttals to that? or? I mean, my, my it's not even really a rebuttal. I just think, you know, they're, they're in that tier of teams that's right under, like, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, you know. That tier of teams, they're right under it. They're not there. But I'm gonna put they're they're in tier two for college football teams this year. I think that's fair. They're with like Clemson. I would put them with. Clemson's making the playoff though, but that's mostly just because they're scheduled. It's just because they play in the ACC. Yeah, I, I, you agree, know? <laughs> I agree. I agree. The ACC is one of the weaker conferences in my yeah. opinion. Um, of the Power Five, I should say. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to Iowa State. Iowa State covers 21-24 against Texas. Iowa State was a 16-and-a-half-point dog. Yeah. Probably yeah. should have won that game, arguably. They were in field goal range. Uh, they had a wide-open Xavier Hutchinson who dropped the ball, which was a sure <laughs> wide-open walking touchdown. Well, the, Best the receiver, problem. wide-open, drops the ball five yards away from the end zone. Just That's like he dropped against K-State last week. I know. The problem on that pass is that he uh, he dove for it. Yeah, he didn't need he to dive, He didn't though. need to dive for it at all. It's kind of like... When you're a kid in your backyard and you're playing football and you just do stuff to do it. 
Yeah. That's what he did. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there was no reason to die. It, it was in his. He he jumped in midair, and then didn't like he didn't go forward to dive. He just like kind of, you know, landed on his side. I I don't I don't really know how to describe it. Yeah. He, I I don't know. He choked that one. Iowa State probably should have won that game, like you said. Uh, Texas still inconsistent. Uh, as I mentioned last week, this would be a big tell as if they are going to be a consistently good Texas team. Um, I mean, Quinn Ewers did not look super good missing throws, receivers dropping passes. You know, it's it's kind of a mixed bag on what you're going to get out of Texas every week. Yeah, um, Texas defense is my big concern with Texas. I think their offense can roll with anybody. Um you know, not name some of the, you know what I mean, the, the contenders of the college football playoff. But I think Texas can, you know, their offense can put up points if they want to. The problem is they didn't really want to. Yeah. And Iowa State's defense is good, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Like, um, the thing with Texas's defense is Iowa State scored four, 11 against Kansas and then nine against Kansas State, and then they're they're able to put twenty one versus Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Are you saying that K State's offense or defense and KU's defense is better than Texas's defense? Like, is that what we're eye testing here? <laughs> but I, you know, what I mean, it's just one of those things that raises an eyebrow with Texas. Um, I do think everyone oversold Texas way too soon, um, in my opinion. Uh, the other takeaway I had from this game, did you see that uh, hit on Shapin at the end of the game? Yeah. Um, did you think it was targeting or anything? Or? You mean uh, Deckers? You're right. It was Deckers. Yeah. Um, Shapin's the, yeah, the last quarterback yeah. we were talking about. My bad. Yeah, Deckers. My apologies. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't really know what should be called anymore because it's, it's called so inconsistently across all levels. It's... I mean, if you watch the USC game, which we'll get into, um, the USC game had so many targeting reviews, and they're not even going to review Redi- it. Oh, if they re- show. if they reviewed it, if they reviewed it and said it wasn't targeting, I'd be okay with that. But they literally, <laughs> Decker's or yeah, Decker's gets hit to the head. You know, obviously concussed after that on the ground, grabbing his head, fumbles the ball. Um, Texas recovers. This is all inside Iowa State's red zone to either tie the game or take the lead. There's plenty of time for them to, you know, get a bunch more playoff. I think there was like a minute 30 still left. And they fumble the ball. Texas recovers. The game's pretty much over at that point. No targeting review or nothing. Um, it's a, just another tough loss for Iowa State. I, I, of all the teams that, you know what I mean, have losing records, Iowa State's the worst I feel for. You know oh, yeah. Mean? No, I was just about to say they've lost their last three Big 12 games. By a combined seven seven points, they are now three and four. They lost to Kansas because of special teams. They lost to K State, drop ball, not because of special teams. <laughs> <laughs> and then they lose to Texas because of some bad luck and a questionable non-targeting yeah. call uh, and a dropped pass by yeah. their best player. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Iowa State, I mean, they're a pretty good football. I mean, offensively, they're not that great, but. Overall, I think they're a decent football team. I was surprised um, they were able to move the ball in Texas. Like, credit to Iowa State's offense for that one. Yeah. And, I mean, if Iowa State ends up not being able to make a bowl here just because, you know, a, a few job. unlucky bounces here, you know, that's going to suck for them. Yeah. And I'll feel bad, but, you know, it's also Iowa State. I Matt can't Campbell playing himself out of the Nebraska job. Yeah, and so is Lance Leifold. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I don't have anything else to say about Iowa State. Are you good? 
Yeah, uh, I'm good. Okay, um, we'll get to what people are calling the game of the year. Uh, Tennessee upsets Bama, fifty-two to forty-nine. Uh, did you watch any of this game? I was working, so I only got to catch a little bit. I caught the highlights. Um, I saw the Alabama interception that was overturned. Yep. I saw the field goal. I saw the last Tennessee drive and then the field goal to win the game. And then the rest, I just saw the highlights because I was at work. Yeah, no. This game was incredible. I watched this game. Uh, there's a, I did feel like Tennessee got bailed out of a couple tough spots. Um, but, you know what I mean? It's one of those things like that interception that got overturned, Alabama, where they called pass interference. That definitely, like, was a 50-50 call, and they made the call. Like, that's fair. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's fair. But I still feel that um, Tennessee, you know what I mean, looked Alabama in the eye and put up 52 points. That's the... The most yep. since uh, 1904? Eight, something or like Or eight? That. Who's the team that they... Suwanee. Suwanee put up 54 against Alabama. That's the most... Most points Alabama's ever given And up. I bet most of you have never heard of that university. I know I didn't, and I consider myself pretty good at knowing the obscure schools... And I have literally never heard of this school in my life. <laughs> my main takeaway from this was that Bryce Young is a tough guy, dude. Like, he was taking shots left and right. Um, Bryce Young's really tough. Hendon Hooker's really good. Definite Heisman candidate. Many people were saying that Tennessee might, you know what I mean, be a fraudulent team. Obviously not now. No, um, not at all. Whenever Alabama lined up for that kick, I mean, Alabama had the ball on like the 30, I believe, 30, 35, and they could have just ran the clock out and kicked the field goal at the last second. They decided to try to get closer. They could not. They had to kick the field goal with like 20 seconds left about. Yeah. And missed like 15. it. <laughs> and then Hendon Hooker, you know, goes out there. Real, know, real baller. <laughs> announcers are talking about overtime. Like, oh, we can't wait for overtime. And then Hendon Hooker and goes Hendon out Hooker said two 20-yard no. <laughs> passes. A 20, like a 15 or like a roughly a 15, 20-yard pass. And then a 28-yard pass. Gets him within very good field goal range. The kicker kicks a duck off his leg. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ugly, ugliest ball. game-winning field goal I've seen. Ugly in a ball, but he goes in, um, makes it, and did you see the field storm and everything? Oh yeah, no, Crazy. I was gonna, I was gonna touch on that, but let me just let me backtrack a little bit here. And I, I went to a Tennessee game last year. They played South Carolina. They beat the snot out of them, forty-five twenty. Uh, so I can say that I am a real Tennessee fan. Um, and these guys are legit. And Hendon Hooker right now is my personal Heisman favorite. All right? If he leads Tennessee to even just probably the SEC championship. They got to beat mean, Georgia. I know they have to beat Georgia. But the SEC championship college football playoff, Hendon Hooker, if he gets in there, he is your Heisman winner. Bookmark it. Um, I think this is one of the best games that probably will not matter. <laughs> really? Because uh, Alabama's going to win the West. The West is horrible. Who else is in the West with them? The number two team right now is Mississippi State. Oh. Auburn's in the West. Um, A&M's in the West, who they've already beaten. Ole Miss is in the West. Oh, wait. Ole Miss is pretty good. Ole Miss, Ole Miss is up. Uh, oh, wait. I forgot about Ole Miss. Yeah, Ole Miss is number two. Mississippi State's three. Yes. Yeah. So Ole well, Miss might have a shot. We'll see but. how Ole Miss does against them this year. Usually Ole Miss... I think Ole Miss is not a great team. I don't think they're a great team I think team they're good. Either. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're no, undefeated they're in right like now, my but tier, they, they like, haven't played anybody. Yeah. No, they're in like my tier three of teams, you know? Um, Their best wins against Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, Ole Miss, Alabama always gets hyped up, and then Alabama comes in and wins by like 30. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, Alabama will end up winning the West. 
I just pending the old Ole Miss game. I think that's yeah. the only game they get, they could get tripped up. Yeah, and then you know, I mean, fuck, I mean, if Tennessee can, it is at Ole Miss. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, know. we'll see. Lane, Lane Kiffin. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, Tennessee Georgia. That's going to be another great game. Tennessee Georgia will be insane. Um, and but you then, get my point is that it could end up not mattering. If yeah. Alabama wins the West, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But if they Alabama loses another game, then it does matter. Yeah. But you know, you get my point. But um, yeah, yeah. It, it, the storming of the field was pretty crazy. Incredible uh, stuff. In tore Knoxville. down the goalpost. It looked so fun. I was so like just. I was so happy for it, and I was jealous of the students for getting to do that because obviously we went to Wichita $100, State. Hundred thousand dollar fine. Yeah, for the University of Tennessee. Well, we went to Wichita State, so no football, and you know you're not really going to storm the court for beating a team in the American Conference in mm-hmm. basketball. Um, but oh man, it just looked so fun. They played Dixieland Delight after the game. The fireworks were going off. Woo! It's hilarious because that's Alabama song. They oh yeah, I Alabama know it's stadium. Alabama. But it's, I learned it's about that song. a Tennessee backward. Yeah, in the, in the, the no, it's about it's Tennessee, Tennessee yeah. and Alabama just like took it. You know, uh, hasn't Alabama ever heard the song "Sweet Home Alabama"? Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> anyway, uh, shouts out to Rocky Top. I am you are you are my. So usually every year I, I latch on to a team outside of my main ones. You are my latch on to team this year. Hopefully, I did not just curse you. Go Vols, baby. Let's oh, go. Oh boy. So, I did hear a take that Tennessee fans are some of the most outrageous. Oh, they're horrible. Okay. <laughs> they throw trash on the field every game. Nice. I like it. All right. Glad we covered that. All right. Anything? Any last comments on the Tennessee-Alabama uh, game? Nope. Go Vols. I Who's dislike Alabama. Who's the receiver Alabama. for talent? Who's the receiver? Hyatt. Hyatt. He was insane. Five touchdowns. He had five touchdowns. Yes. Oh, my God. That's, that's insane. Um... So, yeah, Hyatt, incredible player. Uh, Hooker, great player. Bryce Young, great player. Yeah, um, Bryce Young, I will say, as much as I dislike Alabama, I do like Bryce Young. I find I myself rooting to him for him more often than not. I agree. Um, Alabama's running back was there. Um, people are saying this is going to be his big breakout game because he's been having a string of great games. They said that he was going to be able to run all over Tennessee. I didn't see that. Um, I think he did end up with, like, one or two touchdowns just because, like, they got close to the goal line. They just like, gave them the ball. <laughs> but... Um, I didn't really see that from him. I mean, he's a good back. Like, you watch him run. Like, he's a good back. But, you know, that's going a little bit more into detail than I wanted to. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to Arkansas winning 52-35 to over BYU. BYU's bad. Um, I think yeah. this really highlighted this week. And this really got exposed with Baylor losing. Because, like, you know what I mean? Do you remember? Yeah, all the way back in, like, what was that? Week two or week three? Week two. That matchup was so hyped up. And neither team really looked that good. I mean, it was I just mean, a scrappy game. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just one of those games. And now they're both 3-3. Three and three. Less than <laughs> that, I think. Yeah, 3-3 three and three sounds about right. But both teams are underwhelming from what their expectations yeah. were. Especially after that game. Like, that game was incredible. Uh, like, double overtime, three or four missed field goals. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, it was a good game because it was so yeah, sloppy and scrappy and just like... Dog football, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, at the time, you're like, oh, man, this is just a great game. Like, n- n- you can't downgrade Baylor for losing a close one in Provo. Yeah. But, then, but now you, look you can back look at on that. It, you're like, oh, man, my, that maybe was it was a, a good flag. game just because neither team was that good the whole time. That was definitely a big red flag that I definitely missed because <laughs> I kept betting on BYU after that. <laughs> and none of, those, none of BYU's has hit since then. 
Um, I really thought that they'd be able to handle Arkansas a little bit better, even especially since Arkansas's starting quarterback went down, KJ Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm horrible with names, so I always have to double check. <laughs> uh, yeah, especially since KJ Jefferson went down in the fourth quarter, but he still had a great game before he went down. Uh, hopefully, he can get back on the field. Uh, BYU's quarterback, what was his name? Jaron Hall. Yeah. Yeah, Jaron Hall. I mean, his stat line's okay, but like. He's got to execute better, in my opinion, if BYU wants to be a contender. But I think anything outside of a night Provo game, I think BYU is going to look sloppy playing in because this game was at 2.30, so it wasn't a night game. It was an afternoon game. So (laughs) BYU didn't have that electricity that Provo normally has. Like, we can look at when we talk about the Utah game, like, that game just like there's just crazy stuff happening yeah. left and right because it's in Utah. Like Utah's something about those fans, man. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, we'll move on to Maryland escaping 38-33 against Indiana University. Um, <laughs> the Hoosiers. I watched a little bit of this game. It seemed like Maryland like would get up by two scores and Indiana would just keep scoring. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just one of those games that Maryland just couldn't put them away. Like you know what I mean? They just couldn't get a stop and a score. To like finally put the nail in the coffin, and Indiana just kind of hung in there, but wasn't a real threat. But I don't know. Like, do you have anything to say? No, I mean I was at work for this game as well, so I didn't really get to watch it. Um, but um, Talia, to his brother, he played well, but he was carted off the field in the fourth quarter. Do you, do you, so we will see how that quarterback situation uh, impacts Maryland. He had three total touchdowns for the game. Uh, he had two passing, one rushing, and he had almost 300 yards through the air when he went down. So we'll see how Maryland goes from here with that. Um, but big shouts out to my Terps. They're my one team that won this week. So um, out of KU and Kansas City. Well, I guess technically Tennessee counts now. So. Maryland did not cover, though. Well, you know what? Win's a win. 5-2, and two, <laughs> baby. That, that Big Ten East, by the way, that, that is a good division of football. <laughs> They got some good teams in there. Ohio State, uh, Michigan are both in there. Uh, let's see who else is in there. Terps are in there. Penn State. Penn State is in there. Well, we'll see how good they actually yeah. are now because you know they just got molly whopped. But um, Rutgers. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't Michigan know about State. That. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I think I think there are four. Let me pull up the division real quick, okay, just to make sure. Uh, I looked it up the other day, but I can't remember now. Yeah, Maryland, I just... They're one of those teams that people have higher expectations than what they're... Not the students. <laughs> not than what they're doing. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I just feel like Maryland's favored by, like, two two possessions every game, and they, like, can't cover. <laughs> so, yeah. So, in that Big Ten East, you know, there's Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Maryland, Indiana, Michigan State, and Rutgers... And Michigan Ohio State, obviously, the best teams in that division. And then, you know, I think Penn State's probably better than Maryland. And then Maryland is better than the bottom three teams. Yeah. So it's just very clear and cut how that division goes. But it is better, better than the West Division outside of Illinois and maybe Purdue. We'll see how Purdue goes. They escaped against Maryland last week. Um, Did they Illinois. Put- you're selling me on Illinois. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really like Illinois. Um, I don't think we're talking about them today, but I bet on Illinois plus six and a half, I believe, and Illinois ended up winning outright against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I love Illinois' defense. They're they're actually passing the ball now, which causes me some concern. I want them just <laughs> to run the ball up the middle every play again. 
But um, Illinois, Illinois Purdue is going to be a, a crazy game because I kind of like I'm finding myself cheering for Illinois, even though I have no connection to that university whatsoever. Never even watched an Illinois game. Yeah, but I I, I checked their box scores and I just like you know, and I watched their highlights and I'm just like you know, it's just like one of those teams. I'm like, all right, good job, Illinois. <laughs> Ready to go. <laughs> well, it's it's one of those things where Illinois just always kind of been bad. Average to bad. Oh, most definitely. You know, and now that they're, you know, they're they're pretty good this year, and you're like, oh, all right, Illinois, yeah, good for you. Minnesota's coach did not get fired after Illinois beat them, in case anyone's wondering. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, Tanner Morgan, Minnesota's quarterback, went four for 12. I saw that. With, that like, crazy. 20 yards, I think. Why only throwing it 12 times? I mean, and he got injured. Oh, yeah. But also, I think they were just running the ball. Against because, Illinois. Because he didn't get injured till the fourth quarter, I don't think, so. I mean, you know, he had a rushing touchdown and an interception. So, Tanner Morgan, I think you're a six-year senior at this point. Maybe it's time to move on, buddy. Maybe maybe hang the cleats up. <laughs> All right, Purdue fall or fails to cover the, the spread. Um, they win 43-37 over Nebraska. I kind of had a feeling about this. This is why I didn't really bring up Purdue in the last podcast was that they were favored by 14. Nebraska historically keeps it close against teams. You know, but they always yeah. find a way to lose. Yeah. Um, another example of that. Uh, Purdue just need, like, the, they needed a win. They got it. Like, it's neither here nor there. That back spread to was too big. The spread was too big for me to touch. To oh, talk yeah. About. I mean, I, um, but Purdue with the back-to-back escapes there against Maryland and Nebraska. All so. right. Maryland was an upset. Like, I felt like Maryland was favored. Yeah, but, you know, the blocked extra point and all that comes into play. So you think they escaped against Maryland? Oh, my bad. No. Two wire, or not wire to wire. That's the wrong expression. Down to the wire. Yeah, okay. okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I was like, uh, they never really had a lead against Maryland yeah. <laughs> until the very um, But yeah, who does Purdue play next? Do you know? Um, I can look it up real quick. Um, What's crazy about the Big Ten West is it's coming down to Purdue and Illinois yeah. to be sacrificed <laughs> instead to the of like East. Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very weird West, dude. I mean, I mean, if you're one of those West teams, you're just you're just staring at that East division like, oh man, <laughs> who am I gonna have to play here yeah. and just get absolutely boat raced by? <laughs> Purdue plays Wisconsin next. Oh, they'll probably win that game. Wisconsin is struggling, but we don't. We don't need Wisconsin's got the interim head coach, like, you know what I mean, boost. I've, yeah, but might they just back, lost but. to... Uh, oh, Michigan State, you're right. Yeah. I forgot about that. So we don't need to talk about old whiskey. Yeah. Um, uh, Illinois plays Nebraska in two weeks, so okay. they have a bye. But, um, I know you didn't ask that, but I just wanted to look. So Anyways, that's the Purdue talk. Um, we'll move on to Mississippi State. They lose 17-27 to against the U.K., um, oh, the entire country. Yeah, the United <laughs> Kingdom. Um, Mississippi State looked horrible this game. I'm going to be honest. They just checked the ball down every time. They had a pick six at the end that made it somewhat reasonable score. You know what I mean? They still lost by two possessions. But they they were not. I, I watched like the, the second half of this game, and it was, it was bad. Mississippi State's not looking good. I feel bad. Mike Leach just needs to throw the ball downfield. Swing your sword. He's not swinging his sword. He's like trying to poke a dagger. Like, yeah, no, that's not typical Mike Leach behavior. I know. So it, weird to see. It is really weird to see, and it also is weird to see them kind of rely on their defense. That's definitely not a Mike Leach team. Nope. <laughs> I don't know 
who is running the Purdue or sorry the uh, Mississippi State coaching, but <laughs> definitely not a Mike Leach. Definitely, team. it's a Mike Leach clone. That's all I really have to say about Mississippi State. I don't know what I like about Kentucky. I don't like. Anything I think about they're Kentucky. pretty. I think they're pretty above average. Yeah. You know, I don't think they're super good. I'm not really impressed with them. I agree. But uh, I mean, they're winning, so fair enough. <laughs> we'll love it getting banged up again. He's looking like he's hurting. Um, that's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, USC loses to Utah 42-43. What a choke this from the USC a... Trojans. Horrible, horrible choke of 21-7 to at one point in the first half, and you end up losing 42-43 to because Lincoln Riley doesn't realize that defense is part of the game. To be fair, I mean, I simulate defense on NCAA 14. I mean, so yeah, everybody don't does. Nobody wants to play defense. But, like, how can you play in Lincoln Riley then? I can play in Lincoln Riley because he's making a lot of money. So, like you were saying with uh, Tennessee, like, there's always one team I latch on to outside the Big 12. Yeah. This is the team I latched on to. So, this is a heartbreaking loss for me. They were my money line play of the week. Did not get it done. Uh, they did cover, though. Which yeah. was what we predicted, so that was a. Dub. I should have just taken the spread. I took I, straight money line. I took, I took, I took the uh, spread. Uh, that money line play was looking good in the first half, but. Oh, I, I mean, I, I was at work for the first half of this game, and I checked the score, and I saw twenty-one seven. I was like, oh, bring me my money, and then I get over here, and it's twenty-eight twenty-eight, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I don't know what happened to USC's defense because they actually looked really good in the first quarter. They were making stops. They're forcing. You know, third and longs, and and being able to stop that. I mean, they did the same thing in the second the second quarter where they're forcing third and longs, but gave up seventeen yard gains on them. Yeah. So it was just like, I don't know what the meltdown was defensively for USC, but you better make sure that Bob Sutton's not the coordinator because <laughs> he needs to be fired immediately. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say big shout out to Utah Utah tight end uh, Dalton Kincaid. He had. Um, uh, what was it like? Sixteen catches for two hundred fifty yards, a couple touchdowns. Had to be more than that. He um he is the mini Travis Kelsey, and if you are the Kansas City Chiefs and you are listening to this, you need to draft him because we need a successor to Travis Kelsey, and he is it. So you he, want to replace Kelsey already? Not right now. I mean, I'm come on. <laughs> but like, give him a couple years, you know, under Travis Kelsey's. Wing and uh, you know you're you're looking good, but um, I mean that kid's electric, you know. All right, you ready for uh, Kincaid's stat line? Yeah, sixteen receptions, two hundred and thirty-four yards, fourteen point six per catch, one touchdown, long of thirty. Yeah, yeah. I mean he's out there. They kept calling him tight end, and he he looks like a receiver when he's running his routes. Um, but woof. I mean, athletic kid, good build. Uh, I there's nothing to not like about him. I mean, shoot, if you're a, even if you're just an NFL team that needs a tight end, look at this kid, man. He's good. Crazy game. Uh, went for two at the very end. Um, to got it. One big calls by Kyle Will- Forty Whittingham. seconds left for USC. Did not do anything with it. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible last possession. Very bad. They take the kickoff. They t- they take return back to midfield. Gets called back for holding at the twenty. Or they get set at the 25. False start. <laughs> Five yards back. Uh, now you've lost, oh, what was it? 20 seconds of time. And based off the kickoff, 
Yep. And uh, whatever plays they had run at that point, they had lost anytime like USC, 40 yards. <laughs> anytime USC just allowed a touchback, they would score. But anytime they tried to return it from the end zone, they would get stopped before the 25 and end up punting somewhere along the drive or kicking a field or attempting a field goal. Yeah. I actually don't think they attempted a field goal. So my fault. I mean, USC even got an extra five seconds added on at the end of the game because of a bad ref mishap. Yeah. The ref signaled for a timeout after an interception even though the play was still alive. So the, ends up not mattering. The, the call was an inverted whistle. Um, There's a pass interference call. The guy intercepted it, ran around for five seconds, and then got tackled, um, which would have put the final clock at eight seconds. They put it back to 12 or 13. 13. And, which was kind of ridiculous. And it should have been six seconds. You got tackled with six seconds left, <laughs> honestly. Because the clock stopped for some reason. But there's an inverted whistle, and that's why they called that. Because anytime there's an inverted whistle, the play is automatically blown dead. I don't know why that's a rule, but or I mean, public player safety. But you might point yeah. is that it's kind of a weird, stupid rule. Any last thoughts on this game? I, it was heartbreaking for me. Caleb Williams played great. Um... The offense got it done at times and looked bad at times, but like for the most part, they, the offense played good. I don't think they had any major turnovers. Caleb Williams didn't throw an interception, so um, there was that. But I, it's just a heartbreaking loss, and it's just one of those games in Utah that you know what I mean. Still, Utah's favored by three and a half. USC covered. I called that. I knew that Utah would probably win by a field goal or something like that, mm-hmm. and they end up winning on a two-point conversion. Fair enough, but. You know, that's that. Yeah. All right. Um, we're going to kind of jump back. Um, Oklahoma State covers against TCU but loses 40 to 30, 43 in overtime. Um, I have a big issue with this game. This is just a classic air raid team getting in the lead and then not knowing what to do with that lead. Yeah. No, that's um, what I was going to say, too. Oklahoma State <laughs> just needs – this is just classic. Like you got to, if you're an area team, you got to blow out a team by seventy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. do not try to run the ball. Just freaking step on the gas yeah. and keep throwing because that's all you can do. And do you remember uh, back when Art Browse was the coach of Baylor? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they played TCU, and it was Chavon Boykin, I believe. Mm-hmm. And TCU got up by fourteen, I believe, and then. Tried to run the ball, couldn't, and then Baylor ended up winning by, like, a field goal or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I could probably it, search back in my memory for that game. Yeah, it was, it was way back whenever, you know, TCU was, like, so going to, like, the playoff, the, the first playoff or whatever. It was the first year of the playoff. But anyways, long story short, the exact same thing happened. It was just reversed. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma State two weeks in a row has played not to lose, and they got out against Texas Tech – and against TCU, who's a much better team than Texas Tech, they 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 got burned. You can't do that. Um, it's like you said, you know, they get up with a lead, they don't know what to do with it, and they go conservative, and and uh, they end up losing. They couldn't stop TCU in the fourth quarter. Um, TCU ties the game up. Um, they go to overtime. TCU gets the ball for it, scores immediately. Oklahoma State then scores. Okay, so they're down one. You can't stop TCU. The next overtime, you gotta, you have to do a two-point conversion. You know what I mean? And what do you do? You kick an extra point? I'm sorry. You go for two in that situation yeah. and win the game. Yeah. Or lose it. I mean, you end up losing anyway. But, like, you get my point is that oh, 
I'm a firm believer that if you have the ball second and the first team scores first, okay, kicks the extra point, and then you score, you should go for two no matter what. Because next, guess what? Next overtime, you have to go for two. Like, it's just as simple as that. You have to go for two the next overtime. And you're going to kick the extra point to force to go for two if you score again the next overtime? Like, it just doesn't make sense in my opinion. I mean, the NCAA rules for overtime are kind of stupid in my opinion. But um, I was just appalled by the decision to kick the extra point. I mean, I know it's a minor thing, but it was just... I was so upset with that. But, you know, it's whatever. Like... Oklahoma State covered, so that's all I care about. Um, yeah, Oklahoma State does have Texas next week. Mm, we'll see. We'll see. We'll find out a lot about both teams next week. I agree. Um, TCU. I will say this about TCU. I accidentally said it about Purdue. TCU has now escaped in back-to-back weeks. Um, I actually agree with that. Yeah. Uh, against Kansas, obviously we touched on it. Uh, some. Kansas shot themselves in the foot a couple times, a couple questionable calls at the end of the game. This is just straight up Oklahoma State playing not to lose and then losing the game because, again, they, I mean, you know, they can't run the ball. I mean, just keep air raid teams, please, just keep scoring. Do not, who cares about gamesmanship and sportsmanship? You are going to lose if you try and run when you're up two scores. I promise. Just keep throwing the ball. Keep doing what you're doing, because as soon as you try to run the ball, you're not a run. Your strength is not the run. And if a team can key in on what you're doing, and it's already not your strength, how do you think that's going to go for you? Yeah. Poorly. So, if you're an air raid team, just run up the score. Yeah. Who cares <laughs> at this point? And hell, you know what? You could say, all right, we're going to keep scoring. Defense, we'll let them score once. You know, <laughs> who cares? Keep scoring the football or you will lose. Oklahoma State, let that be a lesson. If you get up by two scores again, do not let up. Do not start running the ball. You're going to lose once again. So, I, mean, I watched the first half of this game, and it looked like Oklahoma State was just in control. But yeah, somehow no. TCU final, found a way to keep it close at the end of the first half. And then, of course, TCU got hot in the second half and just rolled. But yeah. Definitely, definitely a choke by Oklahoma State. In there. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Um, KU is back, 42-52. Shut OU. Stop talking. <laughs> um, KU's offense looked okay, I guess. Um, defense, would you like to comment? Bad. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about this game? <laughs> yeah, no, I'll talk about it. Um, I mean, it was a barn burner, obviously, but uh, KU got down by three scores. It was 42-21 to at some point in the third quarter. Um, this was after, at the end of the first half, it's 35-21. Oklahoma has the ball at the one-yard line. Kansas stops them twice, goes to halftime down 35-21. So I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, all right, all Kansas, you know, we can score the ball. We're going to come out. We're going to score. It's going to be a one-score game, and who knows what's going to happen from there. We come out. We're driving well. And what happens other than Jason being thrown an interception? Is that the one that got tipped up? Or was just uh, that was in the um, first half. That was the shoe interception. Yeah. Uh, this one was just a straight up, yeah. a foolish throw. Yeah. I mean, Jason Bean, you know, he I, he has his moments, but he is a backup quarterback. Um, he's late on his throws. He's some of his reads are off. I mean. Multiple times in this game, he had a receiver wide open, and he throws it a second or two too late. 
and then all of a sudden an Oklahoma defender's there to break it up or intercept it. So, um, and in the first half, offense didn't capitalize on the stops the defense got when it was 14-14. We forced a fumble, and then we forced a punt when it was still 14-14, and both of those drives, I think, were three and out for Kansas. So, um, I mean, OU, fair enough. You had your resurgence. Dylan Gabriel's good. I mean, your defense is still bad. Kansas' defense is worse, though. You know, if you lose by, if you score 42 points and lose by double digits, you, you have an issue. <laughs> so, and now Kobe Bryant is out for a couple weeks. Jalen Daniels is still out for a couple weeks. Daniel Highshaw is out for, I believe, the season. So, um, but I still think we can beat Baylor. So, <laughs> okay. Um, I don't fault Bean for this whatsoever. I mean, anytime that your backup quarterback can put up 42 points. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not blaming Jason Bean. I know. I'm just saying that I think. Jason Bean put up 42 points and still lost. Like, yeah. <laughs> the defense has got to show up. You could have put probably a high school defense. And that probably would have I mean, yeah, I, 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 right before halftime, they showed the yardage in Kansas had like, you know, like 300 yards. It's like, oh, yeah, like we're moving the ball pretty well. And then you look at Oklahoma and it's um, 500. Uh, yeah, it's 500 yards in a half. They're on pace for a thousand yards in one game of football. <laughs> That's crazy. And they finished with seven hundred. And it, the thing that was just infuriating to me is just the lack of effort from the defense. It's late in the first half. We get two great stops on first and second down. Third and eight from the Oklahoma forty, and it's a dive up the middle. Their running back does one cut, takes it outside, 40 yards. And then, I mean, we stopped them, obviously. But it should we should have gotten the ball back with a minute left and had a chance to score before half. You score before half, now it's a one-possession game. You get the ball coming out. You score, now it's a tie game. So, I mean, this lack of effort, not being able to tackle, blown coverages. This KU defense was doing things that we hadn't seen in, like, two years is how bad it was. I felt it's just like terrible. I felt like KU was trying to play that, like, bend-don't-break defense the whole you can't, time. You can't do that and against a quarterback like Dylan Gabriel. You can't. They're going to score anyway. Yeah, I, it was just – they were in the prevent defense for most of that game. And it, it, yeah, no, that was what was so infuriating to me. They're giving them a, a 10 to 12-yard cushion on all these passes. You know, bring some heat. Pressure the quarterback. Press up on your man defense. Every single time, an Oklahoma receiver would catch a ball – and there wouldn't be a defender around him for five yards. So, I mean, and then oh, just playing prevent defense on the goal line. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> I just, I don't know. A lot of boneheaded decisions from the coaching staff. Um, did end up putting it within 10. I mean, yeah. I mean, a, a nice way. I mean, they didn't give up. In years past, they would have rolled over and died after it was 42 to 21. But from that point, they outscored Oklahoma 21 to 10. So props for that. And I do appreciate that this team doesn't quit like teams in the past. And I think that's why we have a chance in pretty much every game we play. Because I mean, we've come back down from down 14 twice against Houston and West Virginia. Um, TCU, we battled all game with a very good team. You know, Oklahoma with Dylan Gabriel is much different than Oklahoma without Dylan Gabriel. Yes, I agree. Um, so. I mean, we don't deserve to be ranked anymore, fair enough, but I still think we're a very good football team, and if we don't make a bowl, it'll be tragic, but 
hopefully we can snag a win against Baylor or Texas Tech. I think those are my two targets for KU to uh, grab a win and get bowl eligible. Yeah, we'll Unless go. they slip one in against o- Oklahoma State, Texas, or K-State. So KU's got Baylor next week. How do you think that game's going to go? Well, every the ev- spread is? Let's go with that. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I haven't looked. I didn't see. It's probably four or five points, I think, probably in favor of Baylor. I don't think KU's been uh, favored in a game this year. I'm pulling it up right now, so that's why it's taking me a little No, you're good. Um, but All right, final guess. Let's go five and a half for Baylor. Eight and a half Baylor. Okay. Um, hammer. Hammer that. <laughs> I mean, I hammered the OU one. And well, and they've missed two spreads by one point Yeah. in the past two weeks. They missed it by a half a point. Okay, so a combined one and a half points the past two weeks. That is literally a bounce of a ball. You know, <laughs> so I still, I mean, like I said, Baylor, Baylor just lost to West Virginia, and yeah, Kansas was in a dogfight with them, but they still won. Baylor's Baylor, healthy though. That's the thing. Baylor's fully healthy. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I'm just throwing that out there. Like, you listed off all the KU injuries, and that sounds horrific. Like, Kobe Bryant was the anchor of your defense, and he's gone. Yeah, we still got Kenny Logan though, and he is the real leader. <laughs> Kobe Bryant had the pick six against West Virginia. I know, and Kobe An Bryant makes big plays against Iowa State. Kobe Bryant makes Kobe Bryant makes big plays. Kenny Logan is the undisputed leader of that defense. Really? Okay. Yes, and he led the Big Twelve in tackles last year. He's an All American. Um, so I mean, I still think we. I, I mean, Baylor just doesn't impress me. Yeah. You know, I I hope we beat them, and Baylor's I think we a very should. boring team. Like, they're a pro-style team. It's weird that Baylor's a pro-style team mm-hmm. now because they used to be, like, spread. Yeah. And then now they're just, like, a boring pro-style team. <laughs> so, I mean, like I said, I mean, I think the quarterback battle is even, even without Jalen Daniels, you know? I mean, <laughs> I think Jason Bean is about on par with, uh, what's his name? I, I can't remember his name anymore. Sharpen? Sharpen, yeah. I mean. Sharpen? I don't know. I mean. I, yeah. You know, I, Baylor doesn't. Intimidate me or excite me in any way, so. All right, all right. We'll see what happens. But um, we'll is that at Baylor? It is at Baylor. Okay. Like a. That's probably why it's eight and a half. Then. Yep. Yep. K State TCU next week. Um, TCU is undefeated Big Twelve play. K State's undefeated in Big Twelve play. I think it's the last two unbeaten. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So. This could be interesting for K State looking ahead. Well, do you have any thoughts on K State? I um. You know, I TC has won two very close games in ways that they were probably I don't want to say handed a win, but you know, I think Oklahoma State and KU beat Bounce themselves. Bounce the ball away from you know. I mean? think yeah, I think Oklahoma State and Kansas beat themselves more than TCU beat either team, and I think Kansas Kansas State is a very mistake free football team. I agree. They're very disciplined. And I, I really like K-State's chances here, you know? I mean, obviously, um, Max Dugan, uh, that receiver Johnson for TCU, very good, very good connection b- between those two. Um, Johnson has torched Kansas and Oklahoma State back-to-back, so K-State will have their handfuls with him, hands full with him. But um, I, I do. I, like, I, I don't know what the spread is. I, I assume you probably have it pulled up. I do. I like K-State to cover it. For sure, if not win the game. What do you think the spread is? 
Probably six and a half for TCU. Three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. But um, I'm just so happy TCU won because they're coming off an emotional win. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're riding high. They got a boring K State team coming in. Granted, like <laughs> it's like oh, it's K State. K State's got that like weird loss at Tulane or against Tulane. You know what I mean? Yeah. So TCU. I don't want to say they're looking ahead past K State, but it's definitely a game that I think that they're coming off in a very emotional win. They just had an emotional college game day two weeks ago, and they're like, oh, we got Kansas State. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I like K State's position here. Because if they, they lose that game, then they got to look themselves in the mirror. Now they don't have to. So yeah. <laughs> um, it's just one of those things. I love K-State's position here. Do they win? I don't know. I think this could be very easily a game where TCU gets up 14-0 and K-State doesn't get back into it. You know what I mean? Because I don't think K-State can crawl back from a deficit. Um, K-State's got to strike. You know what I mean? they got to get TCU off the field, and they got to strike early. And I feel like yeah. TCU also – I don't – I can't remember the KU game if TCU got up early, but – um, Oklahoma State, obviously, Oklahoma State came out firing first, and they choked away the lead. Where I think if K-State were in that situation, or if K-State got up first like they did against Oklahoma, then I don't think K-State would be, like, I think that they would handle business if they can just get, get a two-possession lead in the first or second quarter. But, you know, I think if TCU comes out and, you know, is up by two possessions. I don't think K State can crawl back into it. Yeah. Um. I mean, I hope they do. I'm still gonna cheer for them. I still. <laughs> we'll see what the spread is when we record our next podcast. Right now, it's three and a half. That's probably right around where I'm like, uh, I'd probably take K State just because they're my team at, right now. But obviously, we'll make our final pick on the next pod. Um. All right. Uh, we'll cover these last two games just real quick. UNLV loses oh. 42-7. to Oh, man. Well, that was my, my line pick of the week. I am 0-1. UNLV is um, just their ass. Uh, you know, we haven't cussed much on this podcast. But they are very injured. I will just say this. Yeah, they are injured, they but suck. like also just like their ass. They've lost 40-7 to and 42-7. to At least they're scoring seven points. I, Consistency. You know, both times I'm not. I am never picking UNLV to do anything ever again. Both times I've picked them, they have lost by more than thirty points. I have no comment on this game. Uh, San Jose Back, loses. Uh, uh, no service academy bets. <laughs> San Jose State loses ten to seventeen against Fresno. Oh my God! The battle for the valley. Did you know that one side of the? It's a V. The trophy's a V. One side of it. Is technological, and the other side no is way. agricultural oh for Silicon Valley versus the San Juanito Valley. <laughs> did you know that? I did know that. I watched yeah, that. We, a, we listened to that commentator. There's a commentator that broke it down mid-game while there's an offense on the field, and I was just like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> it's a sales pitch. It's like one of those pitch meetings. It, it was know? like it was like he was pitching the trophy. <laughs> um, but yeah. San Jose loses their quarterback through an early interception, and you could just tell that he was just mentally like. He frustrated. is the biggest head case. I was, <laughs> when they're beating when they're beating UNLV, he looks like the best quarterback on the planet. And you know maybe UNLV is just not that good, but I mean, he he'd make a he'd make one bad play, and then he'd go to the sideline and oh oh poor me, you know like come on dude, 
Your entire team is looking at you right now. <laughs> they and, had one Hail Mary at the end of the first and half. And it was a great throw. And all of a sudden, he's like, oh, wow. Oh, let's go. <laughs> and, and then he comes the out. He comes out in the second half, drops zero points. And uh, now he's going to be sitting in his dorm all week thinking, oh, why me? I suck. Get <laughs> get yourself together. <laughs> I, yeah, that was just a rough game to watch. Like, it was terrible, San Jose, terrible they game. Went from, like, just the biggest highlight was Devontae Adams getting his jersey retired <laughs> at halftime. Yeah, that I'm going to kind of shy away from San Jose picks. Are they, I was about to pick them to win the Mountain West, and I'm so glad I did not. <laughs> now, that's Boise's conference to lose. In my opinion. That's fair. That is fair. Boise, I believe, plays Air Force next week. <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna do a bunny line lock on that. <laughs> All right. I'm not I'm not picking against the Air Force again. I think Boise is actually probably favored. They're probably favored, but I'm not I'm not picking against Air Force again. Fair enough. I'm traumatized. Um, one last thing here. Shouts out to Colorado. First win. First win. The last FBS team to do so. Twenty thirteen in overtime against California. So the Golden Bears, you are struggling. Storm the field. Storm the field. Actually, a really good turnout in the crowd, and you know, I'm sure a lot of it was people just walking in for free in the second half. Um, but like, I actually don't think so because they're all wearing the same shirt. It was like their whiteout night. Oh, and They okay. all had whiteout shirts on. I like Colorado Stadium, by the way. Oh yeah, I do too. Very pretty. Yes. Very pretty area, Boulder. I mean, it's Boulder. Nice place. So it's gonna be. Uh, yeah, beautiful. I mean, but yeah, good job, Colorado. You join your neighbors, Colorado State, with one win. Um, so the state of Colorado is now on the board, joining the rest of the union. So, any parting words? I think Colorado teams are like two and eight. Yeah, they are. <laughs> That's insane. I think the School of Mines could probably beat either of those teams. <laughs> Oh, man. They should just combine to form one average yeah, team. Yeah, one average Colorado team. I actually saw something interesting on Twitter. It was a uh, – or no, yeah, it was a uh, Reddit college football – the college football Reddit. Um, what two rivals combine to make the best team? Like, if you put their teams together, who's the best? Or, like, the best, like, in-state rivals. So, oh, KUK State. To, it has to be in-state. Yeah. So, like, you would put, like, Ohio State and Ohio together. KUK State, Colorado, Colorado State. Gosh. Uh, USC and UCLA, UCLA. and USC would probably be – that would probably be my pick. But then again, they have too much offense. They have too many offensive players and not enough defensive players. Oh, that defense would let up 70 points yeah. a game. <laughs> I don't know who I'd pick. I thought, I thought about, like, going through and making, like, you know, like a little graph or something, mm-hmm. a little, little, little tournament thing. But I'd have to do a lot of research, so I was dissuaded. Yeah, I'm going to think about this. Uh, hmm. I'll answer for the next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Maryland doesn't have another team. So <laughs> I don't think, anyway. I was trying to think of two Texas teams. It would probably be Texas and... Texas, Texas A&M. A defense. Yeah. A defense. And Either Queen Texas, Ewers. And, <laughs> Texas and Texas A&M or Texas and Texas Tech. Oh, I don't think Texas Tech. I think you do. You definitely do. Um, Texas and Texas A and M. Granted, they're not the same conference. I mean, well, yeah, but like the I mean, well, I was saying it was probably one of those two teams. Yeah, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. Yeah, K State would actually be a pretty good team. That would be a good team because you have mostly most of K State's defensive players. Yep. Quite a few KU's offensive players. You have the electric Kobe Bryant. You have Jalen Daniels probably being quarterback, and yeah. Jalen Daniels would probably flourish underneath the K State system. 
That would be that would be a pretty salty team. That would be a salty team. That's interesting. Hmm. They should they should let you uh, do that on NCAA twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> hey, EA Sports on NCAA twenty three. Make that a feature, please. That'd be crazy. Or right. like the ability to move rosters around. Any final fun. comments, Chad? Social media's up. Yeah. Uh, at Sunflower Spread, no S on the end of spreads. Spread, spreads, spread. Uh, <laughs> We're looking into making the gift. Yeah. We uh we're gonna figure that out. It'll be out soon, um, and yeah, no, follow us for some uh, some good content. Um, we'll be posting our picks there next week. I just didn't get the graphic made in time, but I have a template now, so it's gonna be real easy. Beautiful. Um, so yeah, follow us on there. We don't have Instagram or TikTok, so don't go looking for us. Sad. Sad. Um, but yeah, that's uh. That's all I got. That's all you got? Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Love that analysis. Substack's still up in the air. I'll let you know when I get to working on it. I apologize. I'm letting everybody down on that. Um, give them some good Substack content. Oh, one last thing. I just remembered this. You can, you can DM us if you have our personal numbers. You can text us. You know, you can tell us in person what you want to hear on the pod, what picks you think we should make. If you have a specific game you want us to cover, tell us, and we will. We're here for you to make you money, all right? So let's ride. We will see you when we see you. Sunflower Spread Nation, let's ride. (laughs) That's what made a difference today in the game. That's what made a difference in the call in front of their bench. Dollar signs.